Welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. This is the 62nd episode of this podcast. Um, I I recorded a previous episode, the one after Junji Ito Maniac, and I I was going to talk about uh, Avatar: The Way of Water, and then I decided last second, last minute to change the title to two 2023 Oscar nominations, just talk about it, go through the nominations and most of the movies I have not seen. And I don't know what went wrong, but I recorded it. It's pretty much ready to go, but I can't export it. Every time I try exporting it, it there's it there's an error. It just says cannot read, blah, blah, blah. So I can't export it. I don't know why. Um, so I, it could be lost forever. I don't know. It's the lost 61st episode of this podcast, I guess. So I'm moving on to episode 62. Today is February 12th, 2023. Um, I believe today is Super Bowl Sunday. Um, I didn't really know who was playing until I saw an Instagram post that mentioned it. I believe they said Chiefs and I I forget the other team, but I'm not a, I'm not a fan of football. I, I just don't pay attention to it, but uh, more power to you if you like the sport, I guess. I don't know. This episode I I haven't I've only seen one thing since the last episode. And that is an episode of Cabinet of Curiosities. So I'll talk about that, but I can't, you know, I can't fill the whole episode just on that. So I guess I decided to talk about the um, Nintendo, the latest Nintendo Direct. Um, I don't know why. You know, I heard something interesting today. Um... I, I it was a teacher in class and he said something like you can pursue something that you care about and you, and you don't need to justify it you know and I thought that was really interesting because I always I always feel like I have to justify everything like like I'm pursuing this or I'm pursuing that because I'm not happy I'm not fulfilled and he just he he's like an older dude and he just simply said you don't have to justify it I'm pursuing this because I want to, because I care about it. It's I'm passionate. Like, you don't have, you don't have to justify it. Which it was, it really resounded with me. You know. I'm I'm looking at my podcast notes on my notes app. Oh well, in the previous episode, I was I started to talk about I wish that Amazon had an employee advocacy um, department. And I got I I changed sub subject and I lost what I was saying, but I'll just talk about it here. I wish they had something further than human resources, because I believe I mentioned in the last lost episode that HR like I'm sure I know they do a lot of things, but HR sometimes they'll give away free things, like free snacks and stuff, and it sometimes it feels that HR's job is only to be like, take one only, please. And I know that's a shot at HR, but that's what it feels like. Um, but there's not really an employee 
advocate program or department there should be because human resources is not it i'm sure they make up a bunch of the rules and they try to make sure everyone follows it but i don't know it, it just feels like sometimes like amazon is all about productivity you know it and they they always say safety is our number one priority and i'm I, I disagree. Like, Amazon is not known for being safe. You know what I mean? Their reputation isn't, like, the safest company. No. They're known for delivering products in a, you know, in a day or two, de- delivering a whole bunch of products, being able to buy anything and have it shipped to your doorstep in in hours. That's that's what they're known for. So product productivity is their number one priority, in my opinion. And I, I I work there, so I don't know. I it should count my opinion, you know. And you know, they for example, there's I'm gonna try to shorten my point. My point is if there's a job that can be done by one person or five people and they think that one person can do the job adequately they'll make that one person do it and then they'll take four people off that and put them somewhere else where they're needed and i get why they do that i get why they do that for productivity they ha- they always talk about headcount and headcount and headcount but they don't seem to take into account like well these employees have been working you know double shifts 5 hours each so 10 hours a day and 5 days in a row like they don't they 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 do treat us like robots and it that i wish there was an advocacy program to be like well you know maybe not make one person in charge of this whole area they they don't take account into account like oh maybe they're tired maybe they're tired from working 10 hour shifts 5 days a week six weeks in a row with no break with barely time to sleep da 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 they're just like that that area's not busy just just leave one person over there you know i don't know they they just treat us treat treat us like headcount like put one person over there put three associates over there da 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 i don't know i'm i'm tired today I feel kind of exhausted. I'm sure I have health problems. I don't I don't know what to do about that. Let's see when the next appointment for the doctor is. 2 months? Okay. Um I'll probably be dead by then, but what are you going to do? You're just doctors. Um I briefly wanted to talk about New Amsterdam. I haven't mentioned the show New Amsterdam. For whatever reason my wife clicked on new amsterdam on netflix and at first the the show starts kind of bad and i say that because it can't help but feel derivative of the 80 billion other you know hospital doctor procedural shows that came before it 
Now, I, I've never watched an episode of Grey's Anatomy. I've never watched um, ER. I watched, I'll say, most of House, and I really like House a lot, especially the first few seasons. I, I, I believe I watched every episode of Scrubs, and I liked it a lot, but that was more of a comedy. And there's just been a bunch. And I personally, like, when we first started watching, like, both of both my wife and I had this feeling of like this show is not great and I wish you would watch something better like I immediately told her I think you should watch house and she said I she immediately told me I want you to watch doctor romance like I think it's a k drama about set in the hospital and you know um House, played by Hugh Laurie, an amazing character, an amazing performance, and obviously the the character was heavily influenced by Sherlock Holmes. But he, I, I mean, he's his own character, I would say. Um, and and House was like. He was an asshole. And obviously, like, if you've seen the show House, you know that he's more wrapped up with the solving the puzzle. And he's like, he, he doesn't necessarily care all that much about the patient. He's just more interested in solving the puzzle of the disease, of the ailment or whatever it is. And he doesn't care how he does it. And then you have this character in, in New Amsterdam played by um, Ryan Eggold. And his name is Dr. Max Goodwin. And I can't help but feel like, okay, Max, it's a positive word. You can't think of, you can't help but think of maximum. And then good, obviously. And then win is a positive. So you have three positive words that make up his name. And he's super, super positive. Like his kind of catchphrase in the show is, how can I help? And the show is corny as all heck. It leans into the corniness. Like, I wonder if the producers of the show were like, okay, House has been done. He was like an asshole, anti-hero. Let's make the protagonist of the show the super, super, super hero. Not the anti-hero, but the complete opposite in every way. So this guy wants to help anyone and everyone. He wants to help everyone for free. He works in a he's the medical director of a um a public hospital. The only person in the cast I recognized was Janet Montgomery. Um I remember seeing her in I'm blanking on the show's name, but um let me see if I could find it. I remember thinking like she keeps showing up and her shows keep failing you know like I saw her in Human Target <laughs> and she had I remember she had a scene where she was like crawling through an air vent and in order to squeeze through for whatever reason she had to strip down and they started playing that song. 
Um, I think it was the popping bottles in the ice. Burr, 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 burr. And I'm like, oh my, I feel like that song was dated five years ago when it aired in 2010. And I'm like, man, this is kind of bad. And I remember thinking she, she, oh my gosh, I remember thinking she was attractive, but that show was canceled. And then she showed up in a show called Made in Jersey. I think she had a thick Jersey accent and it was canceled. And then um, I was surprised to see her in this, but I was happy to see her. And I'm like, look at her. Look at this girl. She keeps... No matter no matter how many shows she's in that gets canceled, she just keeps on trucking. And I was like, I'm rooting for her and I'm happy to see her. Spoiler alert, but her character in the early season, we're only on season two, but she um she's like addicted to Adderall. So that can't help but make me think of House, because he was I don't even know what he was addicted to, but he was addicted to some sort of stuff, substance because of his pain ailment in his knee or whatever. Um, I also wanted to comment that the whole cast is hot. I guess that's a staple of most shows. And it is what it is, you know. But um, you got... Ryan Eggold. My wife said he's hot. Freema Agyeman, who is, I don't mean to be crass, but smoking. Janet Montgomery, who's striking. You see her walking around in this show, and you're like, these people are too attractive to be doctors. I know that's not fair to say, but Jocko Sims. Yummy. <laughs> um, his voice sounds. His voice sounds exactly like um, Keith David. Every time I hear his voice, it's like Keith David. Tyler Labine, who is, I recognize his name, but I didn't recognize him. I don't think. I think this is the first thing I've seen of him in it. He's kind of. Kind of the comic relief, I guess. Anupam Kerr as Dr. Vijay Kapoor. Um, well, my point is that it slowly became something we were like making fun of. And it turned into something we just really love watching. Something we look forward to watching. Um... And, like, I, I'm still not sure if I should call it a guilty pleasure or just a pleasure. There was a, there was one episode where Dr. Max Goodwin turned into a an asshole. And he was a very effective asshole. And I kind of wish he got his comeuppance in that episode. I, I kind of wish there was an explanation. There was an explanation, but it was kind of just like he got some bad news. So he was treating everyone like shite. But I was kind of like, that's not, that's not necessarily an excuse. Like, I kind of wish there was um, something, like something medical wrong, and 
it was causing mood swings, but that wasn't it. He just got some bad news and he was just treating everyone like an asshole. And it, like he was so effective, it made me disappointed in myself. I was like, you're right, Dr. Maximus Goodwin. I'm sorry. I found him on Insta and I wanted to comment <laughs> on his on one of his posts and say, you're a tremendous actor, sir. That's that's all I wanted to say. Um, I think you should check it out. Um, it's some of the episodes are ridiculous. Like there was one episode where uh, the Jocko Sims that Dr. Reynolds, he turns around and he says, I'm proceeding with this surgery. If you have to bill someone, you can bill me. And I turned to my wife. I'm like, this would never happen. I, I would. I don't know. It's a good show, though. It's an enjoyable show. I saw that it ended this year, January 17th, 2023. So we we just started season two. So we have a lot to go. But it's just our sometimes sometimes it's just fun and enjoyable to find a show that you you're looking forward to binge you know and my my schedule is busy my wife's schedule is busy so when we do have time together it's like we look forward to sitting down and watching the next episode of new amsterdam i said that weird i i sound kind of sounded cheesy when i said that like new amsterdam all right I think it's cool. Also, I, I kind of want to make fun of their attempt at diversity, but at the same time praise it. Because, for example, they they have like, there's a little person who's a doctor who is not a main character. He's barely a peripheral character. He sometimes has one or two lines. There is a like a Muslim doctor that shows up from time to time. So it, there is an element of like feeling like they're trying to check the box for diversity. But at the same time, there's a lot of episodes where they have a lot of black patients come in. There was a few episodes in a row where there's a bunch of Asians, like an Asian family comes in that are... Uh, like a a few Asian patients and their family comes in and it happens more it it's been happening quite a lot and so I'm not sure if I should make fun of it or praise it because I'm like look at all these Asian actors that are getting to be on this show which is kind of cool um kind of cool I want to mention Edward Pepitone I watched his special on YouTube. It's called For the Masses, I think. Very funny. I thought it was very funny. Um, I think you should check it out. Just find it on YouTube. He has a very interesting, funny, unique way of doing stand-up. He'll talk like a suave person and then he'll just start yelling all of a sudden. Um, one joke was um, <laughs> he was talking about Waze and how don't you love it when Waze saves you <laughs> saves you one minute? You go through the up into the hills 
into a neighborhood you don't recognize, and there's people on the roofs with rifles, and you can hear them discussing. Hmm, look, Oliver. Looks like a poor person wandered into our neighborhood. Let's kill him. Yeah, I think we should kill him. Funny stuff. Um, most stand-ups... I hate stand-up. I'm just not a big fan of the format. Um, I think comedians are aware that there are some people like me. Because I was reading it in an improv book. And... That because stand up is all about a comedian standing up in front of an audience and they're trying to be funny, and you are gonna have people like me who are gonna watch it and be in the audience and be like, "Um, this fucker is supposed to make me laugh," you know, arms crossed, and that that's just it's just how I'm wired. That's I'm not receptive to the format of stand up. So when someone cuts through, I'm not saying I have a extremely unique or better sense of humor. I just that's just how I am. So I'm a fan of Eddie Pepitone. Also, I'm a fan of um, Anthony Jeselnik. He's funny. I think he's funny. And I like. I think his name is Gary Goldman. I saw his infamous um, abbreviations bit that was funny and some of his videos I think are pretty funny um, that's all I got for the notes um, so I guess I'll talk about dreams in the witch house um, on Netflix it stars Rupert Grint um, Ronald Weasley himself he is playing, I believe, a New Yorker, which I think he was good in the role. A little weird that he's playing a New Yorker, but that's what acting is, I suppose. You know, I remember watching that first that first Harry Potter, and he was the standout to me. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how the rest of the world thinks, but... At a at a very young age, I don't know how old he was in that first Harry Potter, but he to me was blowing Daniel Radcliffe away, even in that first one. And I liked Hermione too, and I feel like Daniel Radcliffe. He, I mean, he was the right guy for the role, but maybe Ron Weasley to me was just a funnier character or a more interesting character. But Ron, uh, Rupert Grint really got to shine in that first one. And then it seems that over the years, Daniel Radcliffe, his career kind of blew up. I know he's done a bunch of different roles and different characters. I haven't really f followed his career after Harry Potter. I haven't seen. I I tried watching one with where it was him and John Hamm. I think John Hamm was doing a, a British accent. I don't I don't even know what it was called but I'm glad that Rupert Grint is still acting of course um and he's a good actor he was good in this role the story was basically when he in the story when he and his sister were kids the sister turned ill and ends up passing and then he 
is obsessed with his sister his whole life and he wants to kind of cross into the other side and bring her back to the living which now that i think of it doesn't really make sense i mean she's dead so i don't know what i don't know bring her spirit back somehow so he's obsessed with it and eventually he finds a way over to her but he brings back like an evil spirit it was a pretty cool episode not one of my favorites my favorites were still the the autopsy and then followed by the outside or the outsider but an enjoyable episode i also watched um i took my wife so on instagram i i i follow this singer named hillary my hillary myberger and on instagram she's at hillary my and she posted that she was performing in into the woods uh like a musical and i looked it up and i was like oh, it's not that it's not too far from me it's in redlands the i think i just burped and the tickets were like 25 bucks each and i watched it with my wife and i i got to say that it was amazing it was awesome and i encourage if you're listening to this which you probably are because you you just heard me say if you're listening to this but if you have the chance to watch a live performance i highly highly recommend it 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 just it's a way to connect i i don't know what to say i don't want to be super cheesy but it just it it feels inspiring it it feels it's just it's just another another level with connecting with performers obviously it's more intimate than seeing a movie you know what i mean cuz it's live but you can see and hear them live into your ear holes and your eye sockets and it's it's them live in the moment singing and and acting and they're so good and i just highly recommend you to go out and see if you can get it and this i will admit like when i got to the um stage it was smaller than i was expecting and it for the audience it just made it all the more better because you're that much closer it's more intimate it's not like a huge stadium and it was really cool and it's 25 bucks like those big stadium performances aren't going to be 25 they're probably going to be 100 so i'm just saying this is a low cost accessible way for anyone to watch a live performances and the performances were amazing like legit amazing um i highly recommend for you to go out and and this was in redlands which like i i mentioned this to my mom and she was like oh i've never heard of that i i thought you had to go to orange county or la which if you're not in the know I'm sure wherever you're listening you're you have a local-ish city nearby you that has some sort of performing arts center and I was looking into some of these accounts and 
they they're performing in Redlands, Yukaipa, Riverside. There's a whole untapped area of places that I can now look into and see awesome performers perform. So I highly recommend it. Um, the one I went to is called Legendary Productions, and they're performing Into the Woods right now. Um, by the way, I checked. I, I started watching Into the Woods, the the movie. And I know it's I know it's not a good idea to compare the two because you are again I like I just mentioned you're comparing the live tangible visceral live performance of these performers performing live in front of you I don't know if that made any sense at all compared to a movie where it's rehearsed and recorded da 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 da, da. but it, the the movie just can't help but feel low energy compared to the live performance. I, I know I know that's a given, but still, even when like I, I was looking at the Wikipedia page for the Into the Woods movie, and uh, um, Meryl Streep got you know criti critically acclaimed, of course, because she's an amazing performer, amazing actress. But even in her entrance, I'm like, this just feels low energy compared to the live performance. The, the person, the lady doing the live performance was amazing. But, I mean, they were all amazing. My my point is, and of course, like, mu movie musicals are great. But it's just no comparison to seeing the live performance. So I just, my point is, I highly recommend you looking up and checking one out in your local area. Um, that's all I got. So I'm going to look at... I'm really only going to talk about the, the things that I care about, which, you know, could be three things. Um, Pikmin 4. I am... Looking forward to Pikmin 4. Let me see when the release date is. July. Which is surprising. I, I would have figured it would be further out than that. But July 21st, 2023. I, I purchased Pikmin 3 Deluxe on Switch blind. And I loved it. It has become one of my favorite Switch games based on replayability to me um it feels like a, a starcraft but cute like a strategy game but a cute version you're burped again you're basically controlling these tiny little armies and you know in starcraft you got the marines that can shoot um land and air units and you got the marauders who can only shoot ground units and you got the zealots who can shoot ground units and you got the stalkers that can shoot air units and and then in pikmin you got the blue units that can swim in water and you got the red units who are resistant to fire and the yellow that are resistant to electricity and can dig fast so i just couldn't help but they're completely different games but they are similar in 
mechanics and I love both games but I am very much looking forward to Pikmin 4 um I I it, I hope they're going to release some sort of well maybe they'll release it on the N64 wait no that doesn't make sense unless it was released on GameCube I imagine they'll release Pikmin 1 and 2 somehow on the Switch um and I imagine that it might they might be dated but you know I'm still I'm st I haven't played one or two ever so I'm hoping I can play one or two eventually Xenoblade Chronicles 3 you know I've tried a couple times to play Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and I just can't get into it I don't know I I don't know what it is maybe it's just not for me but I know they're popular games so I don't know Samba de Amigo Fashion Dreamer Dead Cells Tron Identity and what I mean no no shade to them but I'm just I'm not interested in a lot of these riveting podcast content I know but what are you going to do? Ghost Trick, Deca Police, Bayonetta Origins, Splatoon 3. This was a bad idea. This was a bad idea. I shouldn't have dedicated I shouldn't have dedicated in advance this episode to be about the Nintendo Direct because I just zoomed through about 10 of them in one fell swoop. Disney Illusion Island looks kind of cool it looks cute looks entertaining um looks like it could be a potentially cool platformer with characters that are familiar um so i'm looking forward to that it, it, it's you know it, i'm hard pressed to say i'm excited for it but uh, uh it looks cool i'm looking forward to it i guess What is Fire Emblem? What is it? I know people are obsessed with this game, but tactical role playing. I I just don't think I'm I'm a fan of that format. Um Fire Emblem gameplay. If it's if it's like those things on a chessboard, <laughs> that is not that is not for me. You know, I tried playing Final Fantasy Tactics. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is just not for me. I I don't I don't know what to say. I mean, and I you know I'm not I don't mean to offend anyone who are into those games. These games are huge. I I don't know. I I just don't think it's my genre. Um, I don't know. Um, you know, I tried going on Twitter for a bit and I, I just can't do it. Um, I found myself be getting addicted to the doom scroll and I finally, I just deleted it again for the fifth time in the past five years. Maybe I just when something big happens, 
that's all they talk about for a week until there's another big thing that happens and then everyone will talk about that for a week and I don't care what stance you have I don't care if you're right or wrong I just don't care um one week they're like GameStop I ordered a, a deluxe collector's edition of Fire Emblem and I didn't get one and then next week Condolences to all the Turkey um, earthquake victims. We must help them. We must help them. And then the next week. A popular voice actor is a pedophile. You're just sorry you got caught. I just, I can't. It was. It's almost like there's some sort of blueprint that people are required to to I don't know I don't I can't stop thinking about it because it it really bothered me just the way people behave and people but I don't want to talk about it too much it's going to be exhausting and I'm already exhausted um harmony octopath what is octopath traveler um role playing game I kind of thought that was um tactics too anything that has the word tactics I'm just not going to be a fan of We love Katamari Reroll Sea of Stars Omega Strikers Etrian Odyssey This was a really bad idea Kirby's Return to Dreamland. I'm kind of interested in it, but I'm not a big Kirby fan. Like, it's cute, but it's just, it doesn't tickle my fancy. You know what I was excited to see? I wanted to play the original Tetris. So I was excited to see that Game Boy is coming to Nintendo Switch Online. I have played Tetris a little bit. I gotta say, I got bored pretty quickly. Um, maybe it's the controls. May I? I don't know. Maybe it's just it's just not the same as holding a Game Boy in your hand. I'm not sure what it is, but you know, maybe Tetris Ninety Nine is just a welcome update to the franchise. I'm not sure. I like the music. Um, you know, I saw that Samus Returns is on there, but I mean, who? I don't know who would want to play that when you have Samus Returns on the 3DS. I'm just saying. I mean, the. I don't know. I am excited about the Game Boy Advance because I'm excited for Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission. I'm a big fan of the 2D Metroids, as I have stated before. And they are not out yet, but I am looking forward to that. Metroid Prime Remastered. I know a lot of people are excited for Metroid Prime 4. I played 
Metroid Prime for a pretty long time, in my opinion. It was kind of cool, but first person is just not my thing. I was getting kind of dizzy. And I'll go ahead and say that I pre-ordered Metroid Prime Remastered Physical Edition because I'm bad with money and I make bad decisions. I'm just going to go ahead and get ahead of it. And am I stupid? Yes. Do I make mistakes? Yes. Do I make choices that are detrimental to my mental, emotional health and financial status? Yes. Moving on. Master Detective Archives, Batten Kaito's Fantasy Life. I think people were saying that Fantasy Life on either DS or 3DS was really good. I've never played it. Professor Layton, I I liked some of those games on the DS. I think I cheated a bunch because I'm very dumb. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Minecraft Legends, Blanc, Mega Man, Battle Network, Legacy Collection, Have a Nice Death, Baseball, Disney Dreamlight. Tears of the Kingdom. Let me just Google real quick to see if this collector's um, dish. I'm so tired. No matter how much I sleep, I'm always tired. <sighs> um, okay, there is a link on Target. And I believe it is out. Pre-order sold out. Fuck you. Um, Tom's Guide. Isn't Tom guys, don't they do maps? <laughs> Am I getting mixed up? Um, let's look. Where to order pre where to pre-order Zelda Tears of the Kingdom Collector's Edition? As of Friday, February 10th, no retailers are currently taking pre-orders for the Zelda Tears of the Kingdom Collector's Edition on Nintendo Switch. Walmart did offer the chance to secure a copy earlier today, but the limited stock was quickly snapped up. Pop-up. Get the fuck out of here, pop-up. We are diligently watching retailers to ensure you don't miss your chance to pre-order a collector's edition. Best Buy, Walmart, and GameStop have already sold out, but fear not. We're still expecting to see additional pre-order opportunities in the near future. Be sure to pro be sure to bookmark this page as we'll update the minute we receive fresh stock information. Walmart out of stock... Best Buy out of stock, GameStop out of stock, um, UK, <laughs> so there's a, it says, um, in stock, UK Zelda fans rejoice, entertainment retailer game is not only taking pre-orders of the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Collector's Edition, but as of this writing, it's still in stock. The premium edition of the Nintendo Switch game will cost £109 in the UK. I click on it. It says, Generic Application Error. That's all, that, that's all it says when I click on that link. Generic Application Error. I'm not in the UK, so it doesn't matter. 
I also pre-ordered this amiibo, which will join the 50 other amiibo I have in this dusty-ass room, smelling of my farts and possible shit. Um... So I guess we can all assume that the the collector's edition is sold out. The pre-orders are sold out. You know what happens is I I get excited like this I I'm sure this happens to a lot of people but I I get excited when they announce the pre-order. I get excited when I actually submit the pre-order. I get excited when it ships. I get excited when it comes. About seven seconds later, the excitement is over. I pre-ordered the Bayonetta 3 Masquerade of Madness uh, Special Edition. It's sitting here. I don't even know if I opened it. I haven't played... I played the first Bayonetta, like 20 seconds of it. Something's wrong with me. And I need your help. Um, that's all I have. I'm at the 45 minute mark. And I don't know what else to talk about. I took a class today. <laughs> Online. On Zoom. I'm kind of tired of Zoom. All right. You know, I, I'm happy that Zoom is having its time in the sun because of the pandemic. The pandemic happened in 2020, I want to say. It's now 2023. We're still using Zoom. That's fine. You know, and the good thing about Zoom is the teacher I had today was based in New York. And I am happy and excited to be able to learn from his wisdom and experience and he's in New York and I am in Southern California. And that's the good thing. Like if I like I found a cool a good acting teacher in Chicago. And I'm glad that I was able to take one of his classes online and that I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. That being said, I'm kind of sick of Zoom. And it it's like what I was saying before. It's the difference between watching a movie on a screen and watching live performers perform in front of you. And I know that's not exactly the a good comparison, but watching someone on the screen, even though they're live, it's not the same as being in the same room with them. And like I said, I know that's not possible when someone's based in New York or someone's based in Chicago and I'm based in SoCal. But there is no... There's simply no substitution for being in the same room. Um, so this teacher, <laughs> he's an older dude. He's the same guy who said, you know, you don't have to justify pursuing something you care about. Words of wisdom, really. And I mean that genuinely. But this, <laughs> this old guy, so we, we all hop on Zoom for the class and... Everyone has their tri their rectangle zoom rectangles. This older dude, for some reason, he has his rectangle, but his actual video is in <laughs> vertical format. So he's about 
may, perhaps half the size of everyone else. He was like that for the whole period of class. No one, no one brought it up. I, I'm sure he knew that was the case. I'm sure this is just his stand. Like may, he probably just uses his phone and that's it. I'm, I'm assuming. I don't think it was a mistake. I think it was intentional. I, I think this was the way. It was. This is the way, Mandalorian. He, <laughs> he clearly has some sort of. Um, Stain on his shirt. And immediately I start thinking, is this guy the teacher or is this is he some sort of weirdo that that roamed on that happened upon this Zoom meeting? And meanwhile, he's like the class is getting to a slow start and he's like, all right, I'm going to. He was the teacher. He's like, all right. Uh, all right, Edmund. Okay, and it's just a slow start to the class. Finally, he reveals. Um, I managed in the minutes rolling up to this class, I managed to make a stain on my shirt. I was eat, hurrying up eating lunch, and I spilled on my shirt. I was trying to make a good impression on you guys. Fun. And, you know, that was a funny comment. So he has a sense of humor about himself. And the show was fine. He, he's a pleasant teacher. And you you can tell that he's he's seen some shit. He's been around some shit. So I'm looking forward, like I said, I'm looking forward to learning from him. But the kicker is at the end, <laughs> at the end of the class, he goes... Okay, if you want to reach me, my email is at AOL.com. I looked around the class to see if anyone smirked. No one did. I had a hard time stifling my laughter. AOL.com, really? Really? Are you still using dial-up, sir? Um, I'm, I'm sure AOL is great. I used to have one back in the day. I had a few AOL email addresses, but I think <laughs> I think it's about time to update your email address. I mean, there is there's the popular ones are Gmail, of course. There's Outlook. You know, I I just I don't. You've got mail. I wonder if that was a person. I wonder if that guy gets paid every time someone says. You've got mail. You've got mail. Um, Inspector Gadge. I I think that's all I got. I'm just I just passed the fifty-one minute mark. Um, I ordered Hogwarts Leg Legacy, which apparently I don't know. Some people are afraid to express interest they're afraid to admit i i saw some stories about chats being so mean to people who are streaming hogwarts x uh, hogwarts express whatever hogwarts legacy that they're making streamers cry or they're making girlfriends cry i don't know the world's fucked up 
and it's full of fucked up people. And the scary thing is that the fucked up people are not bad people. The fucked up people are your friends, are your neighbors, are your family members. That's kind of the scary thing because everyone has the potential to be mad, to be sad, to be angry, to be frustrated, to have bad days. And I think places like social media just group them all together and the mob mentality is frightening and scary. And I think it's best to try to manage your time wisely and acknowledge that if it's disrupting your mental health, that a lot of the times the better option is to limit your time and try to stay away from it as much as you can. And I say that full well knowing that a podcast is in essence a long form tweet in audio form and it is a conversation to myself by myself a one-sided conversation and no one to comment no one to confront me but I don't know I still enjoy doing it I still like exercising my thoughts anyway I'm really tired um Thank you for listening. I don't even know if this episode is going to export correctly. Maybe something's wrong with my computer. Maybe something's wrong with my version of Audacity. I don't know. I just don't know. But thank you for listening. I hope your pets are well and thriving. Take care of yourselves and each other. Don't abandon your friends to the wolves. Watch New Amsterdam. Go out and watch a live performance of some form. A musical, a play, a performance, a staged reading, poetry. Maybe you like stand-up. I'm sure sure there's good stand-up out there. It's just I'm not a big fan of the format. Um... Thank you for listening and say hi to your pets for me.